two wake up call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, hanging out with you where sports meets that thing called life. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And it is my honor and my privilege to have the wonderful guests that we've had on the broadcast. So many. We've had over 4,000 guests on the show. And, and I don't give you that number to say, oh, look at that big number. It's to say that there's been over 4,000 fantastic human beings that have been on the show. And today we have three of them coming back on the show, all wonderful people, all doing great things and finding success. And you get excited for the good ones to have success. So inside of monpazpopcorn.com is what's popping. Our list of wonderful guests today. We're going to start the show off with Kelly Grinnell's site coming to us from the OCC women's basketball team, the head coach in her young tenure with the team, has found great success over these last few seasons. And I am so proud that they are in the NJCAA Division Three National Tournament. And we're going to be discussing that. And uh, she's coming to us an hour early as they had to move a little bit toward the Midwest. So we appreciate her being here picture in picture in just a second. And then AD and DT, which happens every Wednesday at 9 a.m., uh, first and third Wednesday of each month, I should say, during Dolphin time. Uh, typically at 9 a.m. We flipped it to 9.30 today as Bob Beretta is down in Florida in Leesburg, where I used to broadcast from, from WLBE. He's down in Leesburg watching the LeMoyne softball team. And so we'll be talking about the team. We'll be talking about his better weather and what's going on on the Heights in AD and DT. And then we'll round out the show starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time until we finish as Ross Tretzky and I bring you our yearly special called The Drive with a capital D and a capital R for Dan and Ross as we break down the NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament bracket, giving you every single pick we have, including the play-in games. And I already put mine out there publicly, so you all know that I'm 2-0 and after yesterday night in two very close games. So a lot of great stuff coming up here inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, and we get to start things off with Kelly Grinnell site, who joins us picture-in-picture picture from Rochester, Minnesota. Is it weird for you that as much as you're out of central New York, you, you apparently can't get rid of the central New York cities? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they got that snowstorm over this past weekend. So there's a lot of snow here, but it's sunny. So I'll take it. Yeah, from Rochester to Rochester. So bring me into this season and this this journey, this run. The The team has had you know, ups and downs, as every team does. You've had adversity, and you've responded to it incredibly. So I'd love to have that story through your words. Yeah, so, you know, adversity is the word for the season. Um, so when I made our schedule this year, I made it probably one of the hardest in the country. I, I think I can name one other team in NJCAA Division Three women's basketball who probably had a harder schedule than us. But besides that, I think we had – one of the hardest um, and, you know, and we're 16 and eight and, you know, huh. coming off of the year last year, we only had four losses. I think, you know, um, the kids just, they battled all year and we played division two schools and uh, ranked division three schools. I just wanted to make our schedule as hard as it could possibly be. Um, so we could be in the position that we're in right now to possibly get an at large bid in the event that we did not win the regional championship. And, you know, we didn't win it this year. We lost to Fulton Montgomery to a very good team. Um, but, you know, to hear our name called in that selection show, you know, the girls looked at me and said, all right, coach, thank you for making the schedule so hard. But meanwhile, the last seven months, they yelled at me for making it so hard. Yeah. Um, but 
they finally see it now. Um, you know, you got to face adversity. You got to have ups and downs to get to where we are. And we're just blessed to be one of 12 teams still competing. Yeah, you know, and, and, and like you said, I mean, only 12 teams still competing here and making that schedule, you know, so heavy so that you do challenge yourself. Like you said, playing ranked division three, playing division two, you know, some coaches shy away from that, right? They want to show the record. They want to show 20 wins and, and whatnot teams that they believe that they can handle. When you go into this scheduling, Kelly, and, and you have the opportunity, and not every coach has this, mind you, for people that don't know, not every coach has as, as intimate of a connection with the schedule as you have the opportunity to have at OCC. So first and foremost, what does that mean to you as a coach that you get to really have control over the schedule? And secondly, you know, playing the teams that you decided to play, and like you said, your team saying, Coach, why would you do this to us? Just you having the foresight of knowing that it could get you to a point where you could get in this year. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm so I'm so happy where I am right now. You know, I got community college and my athletic director, Mike Boris, you know, I get a lot of, um, you know, control. And I just think it's great that I have the opportunity. Um, but again, it's just, you know, I, I saw who was in the national tournament last year and we lost, you know, uh, to host those. And yeah. I just, at the end of the year in the, in the spring, I looked back at who was in the tournament and I emailed them. I called them. I said, come to our place in November, um, you know, of 2022 and just come, come play us, uh, right off the bat. First, first tournament of the year. Um, you know, I wanted it right away and, you know, and my kids are just, they're funny, you know, like they're like, we, we were undefeated at this point last year. And now we have six losses. And it's like, well, you know, yeah. that doesn't mean anything, you know, with the 16 and eight, we're still in the same exact position that we were last year when we were, you know, undefeated. So um, I'm just happy. I'm happy to be here. And I, and, you know, these sophomores for to go two years in a row, um, you know, on a dire community college wins basketball, I've only gone to a national tournament two, um, twice in a row one other time i think um in eight nine and the nine ten they went twice in a row um but besides that we've never gone back to back year so to give this sophomore class the opportunity to go to rochester minnesota two years in a row um you know regardless of what we do this week regardless of what we did last year um i think you know they can keep those memories for a lifetime you know not too many people can say you know they flew across the country to compete for a national title um, you know, no matter what division you go. So I'm glad that, you know, they had this opportunity because it's all about the memories. The wins and losses are, you know, they're going to be there, but the things that they won't ever forget is, you know, coming to Minnesota. Yeah. You know, and like you said, where, you, you, you know, they were talking about, Hey coach, at this point in the season, you know, we were undefeated and now we're 16 and eight. I mean, you look at the record of those eight losses and I, I love the point you made. You said, but look at where we are. We're still in the same place we were in last year because we got chosen as an at-large bid. To have to have that, I mean, you have to do your research. You have to do your homework. You have to know as a coach because it's not an easy thing to do when you're putting that schedule together and then saying, okay, you know what? I don't know if my team's going to be ready for this game. I don't know if we're going to beat this team. But, you know, you were playing chess and not checkers. And I, I, I have to commend you for the foresight of that because – we look at the record of 16 and eight and some people would say, okay, well that record wouldn't make the national tournament, but you knew that if you played those games, there was something to be said about that. Is there any mentor or anybody that kind of helped to guide you in that respect to say like, here is what you 
need to do? Or is this a plan that you've kind of built on your own from people that maybe you watched and said, I'm not going to do it that way. So does it come from mentorship or does it come from you just saying, hey, I've watched this game. I've studied this game. I know the teams and, you know, I know that I have to change the schedule from what's maybe typical. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's just all based on my IQ of, you know, the game. And when they came out with this at-large bidding criteria, I, like, dissected it. Um, You know, there's so many bullet points, and I – and I just looked into it and I said, okay, if we play these these teams, this will get us really good wins, good quality wins. Um, and I, yeah, I, I just, I just went, I just went out on a limb. Um, a lot of people called me crazy, um, you know, but I said, there's no fun beating teams by, you know, 30 points. Like I, I want to earn it, you know, yeah. and earning it means playing a tough schedule. Um, and during the selection show, you know, they highlighted all the key wins that we had and, you know, and, and, of the eight losses, there could have been a few more there. I mean, we, we lost by a few points in a couple of those. And um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm happy that I dissected the schedule um, and to give these girls this opportunity. You know, and speaking here with Kelly Grinnell site, the head coach of the OCC Lasers women's basketball team, I'm looking at the field right now of these games that we have uh, Owens, uh, the number one team here that has the bye, as well as Fulton Montgomery, the number two overall seed and then we have uh, number eight seed prince george uh, prince george's and then number nine seed uh anoka ramsey and then we have the four seed which has a bye that'll play the winner of five seed minnesota west and 12 seed northampton and then on the other side of the bracket where the two seed is they'll play the winner of seven seeded riverland and 10 seeded dallas mountain view and then the three seeded rochester will play the winner of your game between six seed cc rhode island and 11 seed OCC. So when you look at this field and you look at who's here and how this tournament's set up, do you like the way the bracket is set with the top four seeds getting a bye and then having those other, you know, four pieces kind of come in? And what do you think about your road from here as you face off against CC Rhode Island? Yeah, so I mean, the first four seeds get the the bye first round and that's the position that we were in last year. Yeah. Um so, you know, we didn't play until Thursday last year, where this year we're playing tonight on Wednesday. Um, you know, I, I just like the opportunity to play. And, and I like our matchup. You know, we're playing um, Rhode Island. We That's one of the teams that we invited to our tournament back in November. Um, we lost to them by four. Um, second game of the season, we had quite a few turnovers. Um, I tell the girls, you take away five of those turnovers and we win the game. Um, so to have a familiar opponent, makes me extremely happy we have film on them um you know we saw how we matched up against them yeah um oh and i i'm really happy with that and then you know when we win we you know we up against them. Thursday, excuse me um we'll play Rochester is actually the host school so that's going to be a tough that's going to be a tough task you know home crowd um you know they're hosting the national tournament they've won it in the past so i like your side of the bracket um, you know, Fulton Montgomery, who is in our region, uh, who won our regional championship, they're on our side of the bracket, so we could potentially see them in the final four. Um, I would like to see them on the other side, uh, maybe to get a region three national championship scheduled here on Saturday. But, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll play anybody. You know, we're ready for anybody. We'll, we'll watch film on them. Uh, we'll prepare for them, and hopefully we'll, we'll run through this bracket. But very happy with, with the – with a, a hand that we drew. 
you know, like you said, the Community College of Rhode Island, having played them earlier on in the season in the winter invitational and in that that four point game, 61 to 57, you just made mention of it. And you made mention earlier on in our conversation that you scheduled the way that you scheduled and that a lot of these games, you could have had more wins. This being one of them, a two possession game. How confident do you feel in who the team is today? Because that was back in November. That was on November 6th. So, you know, that's a few months ago. Where is this team today? If they're a four-point loss in November, where is OCC right now? What is what is the Community College of Rhode Island going to see as far as where you have excelled from there? Yeah, you know, how we talked about adversity, you know, this team has just, um, you know, progressed and they grew up and they they developed over the year. Um, you know, we've had our fair share of up and, ups and downs, you know, headaches here and there, injuries, um, you know, what have you. So I think that, you know, if anything, we're playing more as a team now than we did before. Um, you know, I'd like to believe that, you know, you know, our offense is better, our defense is better. But overall, I think the players grew up. Um, and, you know, if, if you don't have, you know, the mature players, then you can't really go that far. And to say that we have mostly sophomores who return this year, um, they know what it takes to win a game on a bigger stage. You know, that stage was big, right? Every game is 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 important. But um, to play in the postseason, it's a whole different stage. It's a whole different level. Um, and they've been here before. So, you know, to play them on, you know, the national stage and the national tournament, I think we're going to have a different edge to us. At least I hope we do. Um, but, you know, we match up extremely well with them. And I think that, you know, it's going to be a great it's going to be a great game. You know, there, there's coaches all over the country, Kelly, that uh, that they say have coach speak. Right. They're, they're kind of just they'll kind of walk in this little area. But you have so much confidence in this team and you're not afraid to share it, which I love because you have the fire on the sideline, but you also have the fire in the interview. And what has been, you know, the, for you to believe in the team, the way that you had and the adversity that they've gone through, why is this specific team, a team that you look at and see, I don't see 11 seed. I don't, you know, I don't see where we're numbered. I don't see what line we're on. I just see us. What is it about this team that makes you have that, fire ignited in you that is always there but now it's more why is it more this year because i can sense in you that you really genuinely believe hey we can get through this thing throw the seeds away and let's just get and play some basketball today yeah you know so you said it so you know i said to my girls you know we lost the 11 seed last year um and look now we're the 11 seed so you know it's kind of like a sign you know i believe in all these signs but um you know i just i just think I just think that we're, we're ready, you know, um, the sophomore leadership, like it, it would be very hard to bring a brand new team full of freshmen back to where we are now. Yeah. Um, but you know, our girls knew exactly like what it was going to be like, um, shoot around in, in film sessions. And, and they know, like, they know exactly, you know, I give them the task and they just complete it. Um, and so it's, it's all about, you know, the sophomores, you know, we have great freshmen, who hopefully will get their team back here next year. Um, but but the fact that these nine sophomores have, you know, they knew what it took all season long to get back here, and regardless of the hard schedule or not. Um, to be the 11 seed, I just think that they're more comfortable now because nothing is expected anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, as a three seed with a bye last year, I think they all thought that, you know, the top four teams are supposed to get to the final four, and that doesn't always happen. 
the 11 seed that actually beat us got to the national championship and lost to the number one seed. So, um, you know, when, when you don't have high expectations from people around for you to go very far, it kind of ignites a fire in you. Like, you know, prove that we shouldn't have been the 11th seed, prove that we should have been a little bit higher. Um, but at the same time, you know, be humble and, you know, be ready to go. So, you know, and it's, it's so, you know, when you talk, when we talk about the at large, I mean, there's 12 teams in this thing. It is not an easy bracket to get into, especially when you're looking at the at large world. And, you know, I learned that over the years at OCC. So here with Kelly Grinnell's site, OCC Lasers Women's Basketball Head Coach, as they get set to play tonight, Wednesday, March 15th, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And so for Rochester, Minnesota, it's at 6 p.m. For Rochester, New York, it's at 7 o'clock, which is kind of unique and interesting here. Uh, Kelly, as we know that this is such a difficult tournament to get into as an at-large team when you're watching the selection show paint the picture for all of us where were you and the team what did you do how did you celebrate I want to, I want you to put everybody watching and listening around the world into that room because it's one thing to get in it's another thing to get in as an at-large and this I would argue is one of the best moments that OCC women's basketball has had Right. Yeah. So, oh gosh, the suspense. So the school held a watch party, right? So yeah. I had to have a, um, a quiet conversation with my girls right before it all started. And I said, guys, you know, if we don't hear our name called, you know, it, it is, it is what it is. We can't change it. And it doesn't change the fact that we had a great season. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that the sophomores had a great career here. Um, but if you hear your name called, you need to know that, you know, it's, it's we're one of three teams in this country who were, are lucky enough to get in that large uh, bed. So, you know, if you hear your name called, I better see a lot of excitement <laughs> because, you know, it, it's, I didn't want them to think that it was automatically given to us um, because yeah. it wasn't in during the selection show, they talked about how another Dallas team was right there with us, but you know, our quality wins were better than theirs. And um, it was just crazy. And of course we were the last seed our last team to be seated in the tournament the last at large bid so i started to see tears fill up in my girl's eyes and i saw the foot shaking and i saw the you know the, the sweaty hands and yeah. um you know and i was my heart was on the verge of breaking and then all of a sudden they said our name and it just everybody went nuts um and it just made the whole season worth it right so yeah. you know all those ups and downs that we talked about in that moment um, it just all came together. So, you know, it's so excited for the girls to, to see the smiles on their faces was they were priceless. So is there a reality to you as a coach that this team can play free? And what I mean by that is going off of what you said last year, you know, being a three seed, having a buy and having expectation this year, being 11 seed and feeling, okay, maybe we deserve better than that. We're a better team than that. Is is there a reality to you that this team can be more of themselves and feel less of the pressure of the moment, coupled with the fact that some of them are returning to Rochester, Minnesota? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I have a special relationship with my players, you know, and I tell them, you know, I'm the coach and you're the players, but to me that doesn't matter. You know, if, if I put you out there in a, in a you know, a one three one 
defense, right? Um, and, you know, and you see you're playing the game. I'm on the sideline and you're playing it and you're seeing that it's not working. You know, come talk to me. Let's let's talk about this. Let's let's get let's get let's get this done together. Um, you know, if 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 a play isn't working or if they're seeing something that I'm not seeing, we work together as a team. Um, so to have that, you know, sophomore leadership who, you know, have the guts to tell their coach, coach, this isn't working. Um, I think that speaks a lot. I think that speaks volumes. Um, you know, we have three sophomores who, you know, shoot it well and they're all guards and, you know, they take, you know, I would say probably 80% of our shots as a team. Um, you know, they have, they have that independence. They have that autonomy to, um, you know, take over the game. Um, you know, Every team, you know, has roles, whether you're a scorer, whether you, you know, you're cheering really loud on the bench, whether, you know, you set those screens, you dive on the floor for loose balls. I tell kids all the time, like, your role is important. Even if your role is, you know, not to score, you still help us win this game. Um, and without everybody playing their roles, you know, we might not win the 16 games that we did. Um, you know, and just to, just to reiterate with them, like, you know, you don't have to be the star. You don't have to you know, make the articles. You don't have to have your picture, you know, anywhere. If you're on this team, you have a role. And unless every single person on this team plays their role, we don't win. It's like a puzzle. You can't complete a puzzle without every single piece. Um, so, you know, my sophomores, a lot of them can score it, but, um, you know, it takes the whole entire team. And it's, it's just, I think that's why we've been so successful. Um, you know, we're just, it's, it's truly a team effort. Um, we don't have individuals. Um, we don't have, you know, that ISO basketball. We work together. We um, problem solve together. And, you know, and I'm confident that this team can can make a make a big make a big difference in this tournament this year. Yeah. You know, and, and knowing that this this tournament is is going on today, we start today. You know, I, I'm I'm grateful and thankful that you know, you got up here early this morning and you're an hour back anyways, but I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, not only that you and I got to talk, but that you did it on game day. So, you know, I love that. That means a lot to me. And it, and it brings the people of central and upstate New York and OCC alum and, and families of OCC all over the world. It allows them to see you on game day, talk about the game on game day and really get us into it. I mean, this is March madness for everybody. And, and this is, this is exciting. I mean, Kelly, you took over this job and within a couple seasons here, you have brought this team to the national tournament. I mean, you have set the bar very, very high for yourself and the next step up is, is another victory, right? So that, that bar is high. I mean, do you, do you feel that? You know, I do, um, you know, taking over the program from Mike Wheeler, I mean, 20 year career, like, wow, he, he built this program from the ground up. Um, and to, you know, it's easy to take over a program that, you know, hasn't had a winning, you know, tradition because, you know, anything that you do, you look great. So like to keep this uh, program up high, um, it's, it's stressful, but at the same time, it's so rewarding. Um, you know, he built this, this tradition of excellence, this tradition of winning. Um, and, you know, and to, to tell, you know, incoming players and even the current players, like, you know, we've been in this tournament you know, gosh, I wish I knew the exact number of times, but I would say maybe this is our seventh time as a program here. Um, I can't say that about a lot of the other schools, yeah. other teams in this tournament this year. So, um, you know, it is 
I don't want to say it's stressful, um, but you know, it, it's constantly on my mind. Um, like how, what can I do to guide the ship in the direction that, you know, he steered it in. Um, but to go twice in two years in my first two years, um, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good start. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we get to see this team uh, face off, like I said, tonight at 7 PM Eastern time, 6 PM central time. Final note, uh, Kelly, for you, in these two years of, of making it to the national tournament, what is it about your coaching, either by scheme or by style? What has evolved with you when you've taken that look in the mirror and said, okay, this is what I'm running. This is what I want to do. Maybe I got to shift here, or maybe I have to shift this player to a different position. There's the jigsaw puzzle of getting this thing right. In these two years, where do you feel you have maybe had your biggest teachable moment? Uh, You know, I think um, what I tell the kids, you know, before last year, before this year, you know, we're taking all these great players, all these all-stars, if you will, from all these teams, you know, you take the best players from these high school teams and you put them together. So now you have a, a team of 15 of players who come from their high schools, who they were the best players on their team. And now you have to figure out how you are going to learn a new role, um, how you go from being a starter for four years on varsity high school to maybe coming off the bench, how you go from playing a whole game to maybe, you know, giving me five to 10 minutes a game. Um, so I think that would probably be the biggest challenge um, that I faced. And, you know, but these kids that I recruit, I don't recruit like just any anybody, you know, if, if I'm recruiting you, you know, I think that you're going to fit, you know, a role on this team um, to be successful for us and to be successful as an individual. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's a part of it in um, just our style of play. I think, you know, we get up and down, we run, um, I call it a track meet. You know, I say, you know, let's try to, let's try to score in the first 10 to 12 seconds of a shot clock because our offense steals our defense. Um, so I think, I think I'd say that, um, but you know, I'm just, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, you know, I woke up and you say it's game day and it's just, I'm so thankful to be here. Um, so I, I really, you know, game day gives you all these different feelings. So I'm just, I'm anxious and I'm ready. And, you know, we got film session in a couple hours. The girls should be waking up soon. Um, film session, shoot around, uh, going to head to the gym, watch, you know, the game before us on our side of the bracket, but just such exciting times here. Yeah, you know, we look at this and when you talk about these student athletes, we look at, you know, ESM as well as Onondaga Central, West Genesee, Homer, Henniger, Marcellus, Waterloo, Niskayuna, as well as Elmira and Paul V. Moore in Central Square. I want to shout out all of those areas because it's not only that OCC is in the national tournament, it's that all of these Central and Upstate New York talented and wonderful women are in this tournament as well. So I want to shout out your recruitment. I want to shout out your assistant coaches and your staff and the fact that this is not only an OCC thing, this is a local high school thing too for Central and Upstate New York, which has got to be pretty special for you, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, you know, we're, we live in the the best section, you know, of the state. Um, Talent is in our backyard locally homegrown is what I call our team. If I can pick from kids five miles down the road, I, I'll do that. Uh, community college is exactly that. It's a community. And to put these kids on display in their own community, um, I think is awesome. Now, 
will I not go out of section three? No, I'll go anywhere I need to go. Um, but if I can pick kids right around, um, you know, OCC right in our backyard, I'm definitely going to do that because, you know, section three has such great talent with great coaches, great programs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky, um, to, to be able to, to just drive five miles. I know a lot of college coaches, you know, drive five hours to go watch your recruit play. And I don't have that issue. Um, you know, I can drive five miles down the road and still be home by, you know, eight o'clock at night when I know a lot of coaches are traveling all hours of the night. So locally homegrown is definitely my favorite line to use when I'm recruiting. Um, just to keep everybody in the community that they grew up in to put their, their talent on display is awesome. Kelly Grinnell's site, OCC Lasers Women's Basketball head coach. The team plays tonight, today, March 15th, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time in Rochester, Minnesota in the NJCAA Division III Women's National Tournament. There's only 12 teams, three at-large bids, and your ACC Lasers are one of those at-large teams with the opportunity to move forward after their game tonight. I will be sharing the NJCAA link so that you can connect with the team, watch them, and show them support from Rochester to Rochester or wherever you are. Kelly, as always, thank I'm hyped now. You got me hype in the studio, so I'm ready now. Let's, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so much for what you're doing for the community. Thanks for having me. It's always a blast being on the show with you. I appreciate it. I'll talk with you soon, hopefully after a win. Thank you, Kelly. That's right. Thanks. Take care. Uh, coming from Kelly Grinnell site here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, hanging out with you where sports meets that thing called life. And we can't thank Kelly enough for all that she's done here with this program of OCC and the awesome, awesome women's basketball lasers continuing to get it done. They did it under Mike Wheeler. They're doing it under Kelly Grinnell's site. It is great to see their continued success. And I am more than proud of this team, proud of the coaching staff, and so thankful that we're spoiled enough to get Kelly here to be a part of this is uh, is such a wonderful thing. So big shout out to Kelly Grinnell's site and to uh, all the work that she has done here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports truly meets that thing called life. So we appreciate her so very much, and we thank her for being a part of it. Make sure you're watching the game as it is coming up tonight, and we're going. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. The game is at 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Central. And I give you the Central time because they're going to be on the Central time zone as they're in Rochester, Minnesota. So a lot of great stuff coming up. We have Bob Beretta that's coming in here for us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to bring us AD and DT. He's coming to us from Florida because, you know, Bob has the great opportunity of going out there and getting to see this softball team and have fantastic weather. He's coming to us with a tan. You can't see him right now. He's coming in in a second. I'm a little upset about it, but you know what? Bob and I will talk about it as we get him in here to the broadcast. AD and DT coming to you every first and third Wednesday of each month during Dolphin time at 9 a.m. Eastern time. We're going a little bit later today because, you know, I had to let Bob get out there get some sun, you know, he, he's, he's has a regiment now, right? He's, he goes out, he's in Leesburg where I used to broadcast from. So he's out there in Leesburg doing his thing, grabbing some sun, get, catching some rays for all of us as we deal with two feet of snow. And then once he's done with that part of his schedule, then we could bring him on here to the show. So all jokes aside, I'm always happy to have Bob here with us where sports meets life. Bob, how are we doing? 
Oh, I'm sorry, we missed you for what'd you say? I said, uh, I'm doing excellent today. Thanks very much. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Look, I mean, I can see it already. I can see the shining face that is turning an Italian complexion, Bob. I'm I'm not, I'm you know what? There's there's two things I have to say to you. One, good for you. Two, why didn't I get an invite to Leesburg? That's that's the question. <laughs> Yeah, this is a a one day softball tan. That's uh, you know, I'm notorious. Spent a lot of time on softball fields in my life, whether yeah. it was coaching on the travel side or the year I spent at West Point as the head coach. And I'm terrible at putting sunscreen on. Matter of fact, my players would always come up to me and Coach Bob, you you need to put something on. You're frying. And then yesterday, of all people, I had a couple of players come up to me and late in the day and say, Hey, you probably need to put on some sunscreen. <laughs> so uh, I threw some on, but. Uh, this is one day of sun down here in Florida. Right now, it's uh, I'm not going to tell you that it's it's northeast weather, but it's you know it's overcast, 49 and raining down here today, so not so nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know the country is dealing with some some interesting weather lately, but you know it's 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 great to have you here, and it's great to you know be on the broadcast with you as always, Bob. And you know to to be able to have this conversation that we can have this morning about this softball team because. It's it's very poetic and very perfect how this all works out. And I say that because last week we had a double dose of the Dolphin Dive. And in that double dose of the Dolphin Dive, I had the opportunity of featuring Liz Bevel, who's doing a tremendous job starting off the season with women's lacrosse. And it was followed by the wonderful and awesome Tracy Roman, who is having a fan, had a fantastic giving day and then came into this season for softball. And her and I were the last conversation about Lemoyne on the show. So it's great to, you know, dovetail these two things together in knowing that she told me, hey, we're playing a tough schedule. We're playing top 25 teams and, you know, win, lose or draw. I'm going to make my team, you know, we're going to test ourselves. We're going to fight. And I would love to get your thoughts on that because Tracy did not shy away from scheduling some really incredible talent this year. No, she she doesn't. She generally doesn't. We had a conversation between games about that very topic yesterday, Dan. Uh, we lost the first game in extra innings. They went to international tiebreaker, which I detest, by the way, uh, for the second year in a row. In extra innings against UIndy. UIndy for the second year in a row was a ranked opponent. Last year, I think they were ranked fifth when we played them and beat them down here in extras and via the international tiebreak. And then yesterday, we led the entire game. We were up three nothing. And then it was 3-2. They tied it, and they tied it on a couple of errors, to be honest with you. They, we should have won it 3 nothing in, in, in regulation. Uh, but we had a couple of miscues, and against a team as good as you, Indy, you, you have a very slim margin for error. They rarely beat themselves. And we ended up going up 4-3 in the top of the eighth, and then uh, really just uh, a funky top of the bottom of the eighth where a uh, really bad hop at the end kind of cost us the game. Uh, they still would have been in good shape. They would have had first and third with, with an out or or perhaps no outs. But it was it was an excellent, excellent softball game. You know, and and I think when, when we pitch Laura Bennett, who was our number one here for several years, and ironically someone I scouted when I recruited, didn't recruit but scouted and would have recruited when I was uh, at West Point, the year that I was a coach down there, I went to go watch the high school championships and saw a picture I really liked and uh, found out that she had already committed to a school. And when we hold that school, it turns out to be LeMoyne. So I'm fast forward three years. I'm thankful that it was LeMoyne that she committed to because she's a heck of a pitcher, a great competitor, unflappable. And as I told her yesterday, 
we can beat anyone in the country with Laura Bennett on the mound. And I, I believe that. I believe we could beat anyone at the Division II level and on an awful lot of D1s with Laura on the mound. She's very competitive, uh, unbelievable. She's a bulldog out there, and she's got sneaky, really good stuff. And it gets better as the game goes on. And then we have some thump in our lineup this year. We have some thump. We have a, a, a really interesting mix of speed and thump. And our two through six can really do damage. They, they can swing the bat. And then our leadoff is one of the fastest players, Izzy Goudreau, one of our fa fastest players in the NE10. And yeah. we have a bunch of speed at the bottom of the lineup, too. So it's pretty circular. And, uh, you know, I think we just need to continue to add pieces. I know we have a really good class coming in next year. And uh, a player that I'm really high on that, that I know because she's my next-door neighbor back in hmm. uh, Monroe, New York. And, uh, and then we have some others. And then the year after, she's got a really good class backed up. So there's this program is on an upward trajectory. Tracy does an outstanding job. Her and her staff with Todd uh, Losey and also Brock Matlock and, and Aliyah Waits, part of that staff. They're, they're on the right path. And she wants to challenge her team. You know, there's some teams that will come down here and they'll just play cupcakes and build up their record. And, and yeah. they won't get back tested. And Tracy doesn't believe in that, nor do I. So I embrace the fact that we're playing a, a tough schedule. It'll only help us down the road. Bob Beretta coming to us, the, the tan version of Bob Beretta here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios for AD and DT this morning. Uh, going off of, and, and I love everything that you just broke down about, uh, you know, what Tracy's doing and, and her recruitment, not only now, but in these next couple of years already set up in, in the different pieces that she has, as well as her staff. Going back to what they've done this season, who they've gone up against, they went up against number 18th ranked in the nation, Lincoln Memorial University, defeated them 4-3. to three. Then they were in a loss 5-2 to two against the University of Alabama in Huntsville, who was 17th in the nation. And they just lost a very close game to the University of Indianapolis, number 8 in the nation, 5-4. to four. So we're talking about a team that, like you said, can beat a lot of Division II schools and potentially go and defeat some, defeat some Division I schools as well here in the NCAA and how close they're playing. They're right there. And, and that's, again, what I love about Tracy is saying, we're going to play these games. We're going to go up against these teams. We're going to see this really difficult talent. And, you know, keep in mind, everybody, this is not conference play. So, you know, I mean, this, this is them pushing themselves to go up against the best teams in the country and teams that she knows day in and day out can bring it in a special way. And we haven't even touched the NE10. So the thought is, and I'm sure Tracy's thought is, by the time we get to the NE10, we're going to be so battle tested that we're ready for war. Yeah, and we're dealing with some injuries. I know all teams deal with injuries, but we have a starter that's out for the season. One of our top players, top offensive players, great leader on the field, uh, Brooke Nicholas, a local girl, and she suffered a I had to go through some surgery here recently, so she's out for the year. That meant we had to move our shortstop, who's also playing through injury from uh, Dominaldi from short to second base. So she's out of position to fill a hole there. We have a freshman playing shortstop. And then we have one of our uh, other starters from last year dealing with a, a labrum tear, uh, Mackenzie Koenig, uh, at third base. So she's not playing a whole lot. She's playing a little bit of defense, but she's limited to what she can do on the base pass and, and batting. So – you know, she's doing it with a team that's banged up up the middle, and and we're trying to teach some some youngsters on the fly here and get their taste of of college softball. And, and as you know, there's when you talk about softball adjustments, there's no greater leap from high school to college. It doesn't matter if it's Division One, Two, or Three. The speed of the game changes uh, exponentially. So there's that 
adjustment period, an acclimation period that when you're playing freshman, it takes a very special freshman to be able to come in right off the bat. And we have one of those. Uh, her name is Audrey Benarski, a first baseman out of Minnesota, originally from central New York. And she's some serious thump that we have playing first base, DH. She can she can really bang it. And uh, she's come in and really defied the odds as a freshman and made a huge impact. But it's tough. I mean, we had some really quality players last year that came in and it took them several weeks before they are able to acclimate to the speed of the game. And it's not just the speed of pitching. It's the speed of the game. It's, yeah. it's on the base pass. It's, it's playing defense, taking the extra bag. It's, it's a, it's a huge step up. So now, uh, you know, I think this team will only improve as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to be said about what's coming up here. And I love the breakdown of that here from Bob Red and AD and DT our special that we bring you every first and third Wednesday of each month during dolphin time exclusively and our multimedia marketing partnership with Lemoyne. Bob, we look at the baseball team as eight and eight right now has gotten themselves fought back to 500. And we have the men's and women's lacrosse teams that are both in the nation's top, you know, this is the top 25, forget top 25, you know, the top 10, you know, you know, teams that, that have been here in the top five in the country to start off the season, both four and Matt Vavanis, they might as well just put any 10, you know, they might as well just put any 10 athlete of the week, have that patch on his Jersey at this point. So I'd love to get your thoughts on what's going on there. I know there's a lot of sports in action, but I know to, you know, keep it on the mound, so to speak, and go over to, uh, to baseball to see what they're doing at eight and eight. And then two lacrosse programs that are top nationally, you know, regarded programs and to both start off the season undefeated at 4-0 and is pretty special. Yeah, the whole spring, as you know, Dan, it's it's uh, exceptional. We are set up for uh, just an exceptional spring season. We get into some of the other sports that we haven't even touched on yet uh, on the back end, and they're going to uh, have ex- outstanding seasons. But, but the focus on baseball, first of all, and then the two lacrosse is with Scott Cassidy. Uh, you know, Scott – also playing a tough schedule early on. They take a little different approach. They went down south, played some tough regional games down in Carolina, yeah. in South Carolina. And now they're down in Pittsburgh this weekend for a series uh, down there. They'll play uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, they, they had a, a series against Bloomsburg, weathered out, and then uh, lost three to four to Shippensburg earlier. Again, a really good program and, and, and really lost the three games each by one run, could have won each one of those games, had some pitching issues late as that's what the early season's about. It's, it's trying to get, you know, your, your roles figured out, particularly late game situations and bullpen and making sure players are comfortable in new roles. And I think we're fighting that a little bit early on, but, but a big series for them this weekend. And, and he's got that club back to 500. Of course, it's, it's a, a team that went to the NCAA regionals and had a really slow start last year and came on strong. So I, I think that team is really going to be exciting. They have some some new arms on the mound. Billy Hoffaker is a, a Juco transfer. Uh, Jordan Goldman, a, a young man who's playing and who's starting right now in the three or four spot on weekends, new arm as well, coming uh, transferring from, from a school in California. And, of course, we have Max Parker, who's one of the top starters in the NE10, and Jake Mazur, a senior. So we have a lot of veteran experience and, and some new faces that have piled up some innings at the collegiate level on the mound. I like that. We're, we're, we need to solidify the back end. And we have arms to do that. Sam DeGeorge and, and Jed Boyle and a few other um, folks back there that, that we just need to get them comfortable in new roles. And, and I think the lineup is going to generate runs. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we, we brought, you know, Dewey Roden, we missed him last year and talked about Thump. He's big Thump and he's had a great year already. 
he was out with an injury last year, and he he's a major force in the middle of that lineup for us. So he's been a major run producer. And then we have a couple of young freshmen that have done really well right off uh, early on in their collegiate ex- experience, which, again, it's speed of the game, and there's an adjustment period, and there's a big jump from college baseball, from high school baseball. And, and so we have some young, young players there that have really – uh, defied odds and doing well. So I'm, I'm optimistic that the baseball team will challenge for an NE10 championship this year. I really believe that. I think we have the, the talent both uh, on the mound and, and uh, in, in the on the offensive end. So again, Scott Cassidy really done a solid job for many, many years here at the Heights in baseball, former big leaguer. You've had him on the show many times. Yeah. He, he just leads with, with a calming presence and he, he, he generally just reloads it, you know, and I think we're set up to have a really good season as well in baseball um, under Scott's leadership. Yeah. In terms of loss, uh, you know, Dan, the lacrosse team's kind of right where you expect LeMoyne lacrosse <laughs> to be, right? No. The men are, <clears throat> excuse me, the men are ranked first. The women are ranked fifth. And a huge matchup today for the for the ladies. They're, I would have loved to have gone to that game. If I, if I wasn't down here in Florida, I would have gone to that one. They're out playing Westchester and Westchester is ranked third in the country. Lemoyne's ranked fifth. And, you know, we've already defeated, uh, we, we defeated Mercyhurst on Saturday. They're ranked 25th in the country. And we defeated Mercy early in the year. They were number two when we beat them. So you talk about tough schedules early on, both lacrosse programs have tackled some, you know, Dan- Danny, uh, they beat Mercy and they were ranked second in the country early when they played them. And uh, they've had a couple of nationally ranked wins as well. So they're off until Saturday. Big matchup at Ted Grant Field. I'll be headed back. I'm, I'm actually coming back from Florida on Friday. So I can get back for that game on Saturday at Ted Grant Field. That's going to be a, a really critical any 10 opener for us. But before that, you know, Liz is going to take her squad out on the field today in, in a key matchup. So folks can watch that uh, on, on the web stream. I plan on doing that down here and, some new faces there. I'll tell you, Liz brought in. I, I love what what both lacrosse programs and really what Scott did as well with with building in the transfer portal. You know, Dan, this, this is a different day and age in college athletics with the transfer portal. And, and the transfer portal existed before. It just yeah, you, you could transfer. You mm-hmm. just didn't have to sit out a year, and it wasn't as public with the portal itself. But when players now don't have to sit out, it's almost like open free agency. And and I'm not a believer in building a program through the transfer portal. It's not I don't believe in it in in basketball. I don't believe in it in lacrosse. I don't believe it in baseball or softball, soccer. What I do believe though is using the transfer portal very uh, expeditiously. Um, you have to be really smart in, in how you use it and plugging gaps. And I think yeah. Scott did that with a couple of, of transfers to bring some arms in in key spots. Just a couple to plug some gaps. Danny did that. Uh, Dan, Dan Sheehan on the men's side. You talked about Matt Bavanese. Matt is a, a transfer from Canisius. And if you look at um, you know what Dan's roster is constructed, it's primarily of of players that he brought in as as first years as freshmen, and they grow up. And, yeah. and the majority of those players that are making an impact for our team this year are kids that nobody knew about because they sat behind starters and and grew into the program if you have the right culture you're able to kind of keep those kids in the program and certainly dan has done that and you look at what liz bethel she did the same thing she brought in a transfer a local girl grad transfer neighbors if you haven't watched her or familiar with her uh, you're probably familiar with her from her from her high school days around here sarah crandall she uh sarah, sarah uh goodwin she has been unbelievable she's fantastic um our leading score i think so far 
just speed to burn and just a nightmare for defenses to track. And again, you're not talking about seven or eight transfers. You're talking about being, you know, very careful in who you bring in, yeah. making sure they fit your culture and they can make an impact. And we've done that with Sarah on the women's across side, Sarah uh, Goodwin, and, and also uh, on, on the men's side with Matt Davines. Yeah, you know, and, and and I appreciate that as always, you know, a great breakdown of this. You know, Bob, you set the bar high, and I don't say this to boost up an ego. It's just reality. You know, I I, ha I told you I have a Bob Beretta meter now. So if, if, if I talk to an AD and they can't tell me, you know, to the level that you tell me what's going on here, I love that. You know, you have a love and a passion for this. I don't think you sleep. And, you know, you have the opportunity of getting out there. You get out there. You go see the baseball team. You see the lacrosse teams. You see the softball team. You're there with the basketball team on the road in the national tournament. You know, you're on Ted Grant Field. You're on Ted Grant Court. You're going to see the tennis team wherever they go. You're going to go see golf. You're going to go see swimming and diving. I mean, you have made it a point to get out and support everybody which, you know, shows that team, that Finn family, that leadership and that connection. And to the credit of President Dr. Linda Lemura, a lot of presidents you don't see sitting on the sidelines of anything. And she makes her way out to these games and she'll go and speak to teams during practices and just pop in and say hello. So the Heights is definitely hopping and for the right reasons, 10 and 6 for the uh, women's tennis team, 5 and 1 for the men's tennis team. I want to mention that with Jeff Lonzak as well. The only loss that the men's team has is to a division one Buffalo team that they decided to compete against. So again, we could see these coaches demanding greatness from their teams and putting themselves through these really big tests and trials. So, you know, it's, it's a great spring, even though there's like two feet of snow outside. So it's, it's definitely interesting, but you know, Bob, I want to thank you for making it a point to make all these coaches and student athletes feel really special and, and, you know, appreciated because a lot of ADs do not do what you do. And a lot of presidents don't do what Linda does. So, you know, beyond everything else we could talk about this morning, it's an honor and a privilege to be the exclusive multimedia marketing partner of Lemoyne because it's not just working with a school that has some good teams. It's working with a school that has a lot of good teams, better people. And, you know, the leadership is, it's something to, you know, when I'm tired, and I say to myself and my dad and my mom are like, go to sleep. You've been up till 3 a.m. for three weeks now. When I'm tired, I always turn around and go, yeah, but Bob's doing it. So, so that's that's my excuse to go to another game. So thank you for what you're doing. Well, th thank you, Dan. Thank you for your incredible support of what we do here. And, you know, it, it, when it's a passion, it's not work. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't think you feel like you've worked a day in your life. And I don't feel like yeah. I've worked a day in my life. I, I'm a fan. You know, I'm a fan of, of LeMoyne Athletics and I'm all in. So for me, I want to go watch our teams play because, hey, I get I get to do this job. I'm blessed to have the opportunity that there hundreds of people would want to have this job. And the best part of my job is to go out and watch our student athletes pursue their passions. And that's why I, I can give you a summary and give you names, because I, I'm a fan of those programs. and I want to go support those people. And like yesterday, I go out and, and the ladies are thanking me and I, I kind of look at them sideways. I'm like. Thank you for, for being out here and chasing your passion. It gives me an opportunity to get out of the office and, and come and support you and watch you uh, pursue your passion. And so I love it. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan and I'll try and get out. I, I've been out. I tried to count the other day. I, I've been on the road for, for boy, uh, probably about 80 percent of our teams that have been in competition already this year. And, and I'll try and get out to a few more here in the spring that I haven't hit. But 
uh, it's not uh, like a checklist that I, oh, I got that one off and, and it's, I, I want to, I, I'm, I'm fired up. I, I love to watch our teams excel and chase, uh, chase championships because that's what we're all about. We're all about chasing championships, pursuing excellence and excellence both in the classroom and on the athletic fields. And I think we set that, we set that bar pretty high and, and, you know, it's all the tone is set from leadership from Dr. Lemura and, and, you know, I, I try to carry that through the athletic department and, and by showing that you care, it creates a culture and, and I get to develop relationships. And at the end of the day, it's really why I wanted to come back to a smaller school and leave West Point was to come back as an athletic director, try to make a difference in these young people's lives. But more important, selfishly, I wanted to build relationships because I love being around young people. That's why I love coaching on the travel side and at West Point. I just love the interaction. And uh, to me, to be able to get out and watch them on the road, just I don't know. It adds a different level of care. And I, I think there are 80s that probably don't even get out at home and watch watch events. And I just I, I asked myself why they're in the profession. You know, why, why are they even you know showing up once a week? It, I don't want to be the athletic director that an athlete leaves and says, oh, I didn't even know who my AD was for four years. And I've heard that, um, you know, a, a lot in the past. And yeah. you know that, that's never going to be me or at least it, it won't be me if I can avoid it. And I, I won't get to know all. 385 of our student athletes. Personally, I try, uh, but it's difficult when when you have larger rosters and sometimes you know we don't have facilities on campus with some of those sports, so it makes it a little more difficult because I can't go out to practices and watch them at practices. Yeah. That's where I help try to build relationships as well. So uh, it's a great job. You know, it's a passion. I love it. I love being here at the Heights. I love our young people. They're so respectful. They're so driven, and uh, you know they have they have their priorities right. And that's what makes it such a joy to, for me to be around them because uh, this is very important to them, but it's not the most important thing. And I think that's the way athletics should be. It was that way at West Point. And it's that way here at Lemoyne as well. And I love that. And I appreciate all those words and sentiments. I, I know you got to go, but I got to hit you with a really quick thing here because I think it's insane and it's going to be my annoying moment of the week this week. So I'm kind of letting you all know a couple days in advance. Mary Mack was the number one team in the NEC for Division I men's basketball. Number one seed, played in the conference tournament, won the conference tournament, and because of a four-year purgatory of going D2 to D1, they couldn't advance to the tournament. Agree or disagree with what I think is an insane rule? I just wanted your thoughts. Could not agree more, Dan. Could not agree more. We saw it last year with Bellarmine and the Atlantic Sun, and the Atlantic Sun actually – uh, rewarded the regular season champion, and that champion wasn't even in the in the title game. Bellerman won the title game. The team that it defeated, I forget which team it was right now out of the A Sun, but they ended up going, uh, and, and it wasn't the regular season champion. So we saw the same thing. I mean, it was the regular season champion. It wasn't the tournament runner up. Whereas the NEC, I think, did it a little bit differently this year, where Merrimack was unable to go. They won the tournament, won the regular season. So they swept both titles, yeah. could not go because they were there in the fourth year of the reclassification period. And Fairleigh Dickinson, which lost in the title game, gets rewarded. They kind of back into the championship. And I know that's a little bit of anticlimactic. And, yeah, I don't like the rule at all. How about Merrimack? Merrimack goes into the NEC in its four-year classification period. Its first year wins a regular season championship. They, they could not compete for the tournament title that year because the NEC had a two-year, actually had a four-year waiting period in the tournament. So they won the only championship they could compete for in their first year. And then in their fourth year, they sweep the regular season and the tournament title. So if teams don't think that 
any 10 teams can go in and compete at the uh, at the mid-major level immediately, I think Merrimack is a great example of that. And I de- despise the rule. I would hope that, that it gets adjusted. I think it's punitive to the student-athlete. It's everything that we as administrators in, the, in this enterprise are trying to fight against. We're trying to improve the student-athlete experience. I think this is very punitive. I think there are measures that can be taken to reduce that to at least a two-year period from a four-year period. I would hope that that'll be looked at. I know conferences have put together legislation to try to get that approved, waivers, and things of that nature. I hope that that conversation continues because I think it's uh, it's my annoying moment moment of the year not of the week Dan because uh, you know we're all about trying to improve student athlete experience I don't know that there's a great reason why there's a four-year reclassification period I was told why I just don't happen to agree with it yeah you know and Stonehill just reclassified from the NE10 division two to the NEC division one and they finished in the top three in the NEC so Mary Mack was one Stonehill was three and both of them are being punished for becoming Division One programs. So it makes absolutely no sense. I want to get your thoughts on it with everything in the background as well with LeMoyne. So as always, Bob, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Go enjoy my second home professionally and personally. Get some sun. And the next time you buy a ticket to Florida and you don't call me, I'm going to have some problems. So, <laughs> Well, I know you've been down here quite a bit. So I, you know, I'm going to try to stow away with you on one of your many trips down here to, to support the Jags. But I'll tell you, my trip down here, you might not have been wanting to be with me. I, I checked in my hotel at, at 6.15 on Monday morning after leaving Syracuse. Uh, supposedly, initially, I was due out at 7.53. It got delayed uh, several hours. And then really the, the worst uh, car rental experience of my life, two and a half hours trying to get a car uh, who would have thought there'd be a line uh, w- at 3 a.m.? But but the weather down here in Orlando on Monday was horrible, and it it created a backlog. So I don't think you would have wanted to be with me on Monday when I rolled in here. At, uh, actually, it would have been Tuesday morning at 6.15, had a couple hours of sleep, went out for a run, and then went out and tried to catch some sun at the softball games. Well, I will tell you that down in Greensboro this past week, I had a better rental car experience than some of the other ones that I have had. And uh they asked me when I, I was supposed to get an economy car, a, little, a small car. It's just me. And I was like, ah, whatever. And so they looked at me. They're like, do you want a sports car? And I was like, yeah. I saw what you were driving. I, yeah. saw, yeah. I saw a post. I saw that. Hello, red Mustang. And, and you know, Bob, I think the statute of limitations is over since I'm back up here. But I I gave a little bit of that that heat to that Greensboro Highway. So I uh, safely had a very nice time in my red Mustang. So as always, Bob Beretta, one of the greatest out there to do it when it comes to leadership in any world, in my opinion, not just athletics. So thank you to Bob for what you're doing. And a big shout out to Tracy Roman and the LeMoyne softball team being down there with them to the baseball team, the lacrosse teams in action, tennis, of course, and everything coming up. We have golf coming. You know, we have what's coming up with golf. We have what's coming up with soccer. So many amazing things are going to be happening on the Heights. They've already started. Spring is awesome, even though it's still winter. And Bob, as always, I appreciate you and and the work that you do. So thanks for spending some time with me here. And uh, I hope it clears up for you so you can, all jokes aside, I hope one of us can enjoy sun and a little bit of heat right now. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity to spend. Always great, Dan. Thanks for what you do. And as always, fins up. Fins up. We'll talk soon. That that coming here from Bob Barretta here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Appreciate having Bob here on the show, always uh, with us all throughout the year. And I can't thank him enough for everything that he does on the Heights 
for this wonderful Lemoyne College that I have the blessing and the undeniable and very uh, welcoming and consistent pleasure of of being their exclusive multimedia marketing partner. It's it's one of the greatest accomplishments that that I can ever have in my life. And and without Linda, without Bob, without the foresight, without the belief and the vision and the mission, you know, if you're not working with the right people, it doesn't work. And I'm just, you know, and that's in any relationship in life. So, you know, I'm very honored for Dr. Linda Lemura and Bob Beretta. And and that is that is the the truth of the truth. You know, I wouldn't say it unless I mean it. Folks that know me off the air know that I'm the same person on the air. And, you know, I wouldn't say something good about somebody unless there's something good to be said. And there's a lot of good to be said about the world of, of Lemoyne and being on the heights and, and how Linda is with me and how Bob has has been with me as well as, and, you know, so many coaches have been fantastic. The student athletes always give me compelling stories and they move every time I think I've heard one of the most amazing stories of my life. I hear another one. And, you know, you go back and you watch those dolphin dives on the Lemoyne tab on wakeupcalldt.com. And I challenge you to not cry. I challenge you to not laugh. I challenge you to not be moved by these wonderful, wonderful young people in our society and the future of America and the future of this world. And these coaches that care so much and so deeply and work so hard and you know, I mean, it's Lemoyne is different. It's just different. And there's something about working with the Dolphins and, and being a part of the Finn family. It's something that I want to do for the rest of my life. So, you know, I appreciate them very much. So we'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll have a little bit of an extended fast break here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Our breaks are still faster than, than pretty much everywhere else you're going to go. And uh, I would imagine here, but we're going to take a little bit of an extended fast break so that we can get set up to have Ross here on the broadcast. Very excited. We brought you the drive for a very, very long time. I mean, I remember being in the house that I grew up in, you know, my parents' house. I remember being there and recording the pre-recording the show and putting and putting it on my, you know, my little handheld recorder and getting that ready and then going and putting it up on the site. So we've come a long way with the drive. And, uh, you know, my buddy Ross and and we've been able to do so many incredible things together. I can't thank him enough. He's a consummate professional. He's a caring person. He's a kind person. He made me the uncle to his two kids. We're brothers more than we're friends. And, you know, they don't make him like Ross. So with that being said, I'm so honored and, and so thankful that he gets to join me for the drive. There's no better person to have break down the entire bracket with me. It's coming up next on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Avicoli's, located on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York, has been your trusted neighbor for decades. Located just steps from Liverpool High School, we're happy to have the Liverpool Warriors on-site, on-location broadcast at Avicoli's through Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every single month, featuring student-athletes, coaches, and administration throughout the year from Liverpool High School. Head out to Avicoli's today on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York, open Tuesday 
Tuesday through Sunday for lunch, dinner, and drinks. We'd love to see you out there. And of course, you can call them at 315-622-5100 for takeout, delivery, and catering. That's 315-622-5100. And also find them on myavicolis.com. That's myavicolis.com. Having peace of mind when you're out of town that your furry-loving friend is safe and sound means taking them to Canine Campground because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. <laughs> now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pickup times are Monday through Sunday. Check Canine campground.com for more information that's the letter k the number nine and campground spelled with a k.com k9campground.com when you're going out of town bring your dog to canine campground PB&J's Lunchbox, the food truck that you love finding all throughout Central and Upstate New York, now has a street-side cafe. So when you're craving their traditional favorites as well as their out-of-box amazing menu items, you can now head to 663 Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York, located just minutes from the highway, the thruway, Destiny USA, and Onondaga Lake Parkway. PB&J's Lunchbox Street-Side Cafe is there for you Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., serving breakfast, lunch, and and dinner all throughout the day. Get breakfast for dinner, dinner for lunch, whatever you fancy, including their award-winning grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Find them at 663 Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York. PB&J's Lunchbox, where we love to know what's in your lunchbox. This is a special message from 317 at Montgomery restaurant owner Joel Carpenter. Open Tuesday through Saturday for your dining pleasure on 317 Montgomery Street in Syracuse, New York. We wanted to be a part of the resurgence of Syracuse. We saw uh, a lot of money being put into bringing people back downtown and thought that, you know, we'd like to be a part of that. I love putting together a good dish where people see it first, they fall in love with it, and then it tastes just as good as it looks. We want to provide the best food in Syracuse that we possibly can, and we want you to leave here talking to your family, your friends about what you had to eat first and foremost, but also our service and to walk out feeling like you're part of our family. I work out in the front of the house a lot, and I love walking to every single table, asking them how everything is, and people looking at me and smiling and saying, this is the most amazing short rib I've ever had. This is the most amazing filet I've ever had. And Donna is great. Sarah's amazing. Thank you for coming over and talking to us. And, and them just being truly happy for the experience that they've gotten. 
317 at Montgomery Restaurant, part of the fabric of downtown Syracuse, located on 317 Montgomery Street in Syracuse, New York. Open Tuesday through Saturday for a unique and memorable dining experience. In these unique times, there are those in our community that give us a sense of normalcy and positivity. Pizza Man on 50 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville has been here for you for over 35 years and is here now. Call 315-638-1234 or order online at pizzamanbville.com to bring those familiar tastes into your home. And remember to come see our monthly on-site broadcasts centered around the community and our Baldwinsville Bees. Pizza Man in Baldwinsville. Any way you slice it, they are always here for you. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, and we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly... The impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or HondaCity-CNY.com. at Chick-fil-A is to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that's entrusted to us and to positively influence all those who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And what became increasingly clear from our success in Cicero is that people love Chick-fil-A. And also, I think we recognize that, you know, we had a great opportunity to grow the brand and grow our platform. I felt incredibly grateful when I was you know, selected to be a Chick-fil-A operator. 
I think what it's meant for me, what I've come to realize on a very deep level is that this is a calling for me. It's not a career. It's not a job. The Lord called me to be a Chick-fil-A operator and to use these restaurants to glorify him and to positively influence other people. I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. Head to Chick-fil-A Clay on 3974 State Route 31 in Liverpool, New York. Welcome back here to Wake of Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. We're having so much fun off the air, Ross and I are, that uh, we're on the air with you now. We're happy to be here with you and having a good time talking about this bracket <clears throat> that we're about to unveil. Now, Ross and I know that uh, we've done this for many, many years now that we have broadcasted together when it comes to talking about the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament, we have had the opportunity of breaking down our bracket together in what we call the drive. The drive with a capital D and a capital R for Dan and Ross. So it's our way of putting our name into this, and it's the drive to the end, the drive to this championship. And my bracket is set. It's here. Right, row It's right here. And so, you know, it's, it's finally here. I know I got asked about it last night on Herb FM Sports Radio, and I appreciated all the guys asking me about it, but I told them it was in, it was, it was locked up, it was in a briefcase, that briefcase was stainless steel, and it was locked, it was shut, it was kind of like the briefcase that, uh, that, that's, that my man, Kevin Eastman has, that created the Ninja Turtles, where he has that first drawing of the first turtle, which was Michelangelo, and he put it in a briefcase with foam around it, Put, put it down there because it's just like a piece of paper drawing. And then he locked it. And my thing was put in a, in, a, in a locked briefcase. It could only be opened by my fingerprint and nobody had it. So it is now time to unveil that bracket. And I'm so excited to do that. I have Ross here with me and we're going to be unveiling this bracket together from 10 a.m. You know, right around 10 a.m. this morning until we're done. We're going to start in the south then go to the Midwest, the West, and then the East, because that is how the bracket is set up based on number one seeds. So the number one overall seed, Alabama, will start in their bracket in the South. Then we'll go to the number two overall seed, Houston in the Midwest, the number three overall seed, Kansas in the West, and the number four overall seed, Purdue in the East. I will tell you, folks, I don't have all number one seeds. There are some teams in danger. I think there's a number one seed that could be in danger very quickly in the tournament. So we'll get into all of that. And Ross and I picked our first four as well. I'm proud to say that I am 2-0 and of last night, thanks to Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Pittsburgh for getting their victories. Pittsburgh in a fantastic finish, 60-59. to Two shots miss at the end there. And Pittsburgh is able to get away with a win with about three seconds to go a massive block by Guillermo so a big shout out to him as well a lot of great stuff coming up we got two more first four games in Dayton Ohio today Fairleigh Dickinson against Texas Southern the only team to make the tournament with a losing record and Arizona State up against Nevada so a lot of great stuff coming up where sports meets life it is the drive our worldwide 2023 NCAA Division One men's basketball tournament bracket unveiling 
Ross will unveil his by region first. I'll do mine by region second. You will see them come to you in real time on YouTube.com and Facebook.com backslash wake up call DT. So if you need help filling out your bracket, watch my bracket show where I talk about the field of 68. Today will be another helper to your bracket. This is what Ross and I have. I'll show you at the end that it's literally physically written on paper. It's in pen. It's not in pencil. What I show you is my bracket. What Ross shows you is his bracket. It's the bracket we have to live with no matter what. So with that being said, I bring on the better half of this 2023 NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament, my brother, my family, and my co-host of many years for the drive, Ross Turetsky. What's up, brother? How we doing? Jamie! <laughs> That's how I'm doing. Arson and Coke are here to do the drive with a little bit of Jamie to get your morning right. Uh, hopefully on a nice hump day Wednesday, the Ides of March for all you Shakespeare fans. And very pumped to do this. I think we've been, we've been talking about it all fair. I think this might be like our 13th year doing this. Might have been like 2010 was the first year. We have to look at the, go back into the archives. But it's been a while and it's been a blast. Uh, usually our brackets implode relatively quick. Hopefully we can keep them alive for a while. I I do usually do pretty well with getting at least one or two teams in the Final Four. Sometimes I've picked the right national champion in the past with like Villanova or yeah. Kansas. <laughs> but it is very hard to get majority of the bracket right. Like They usually say after the first day or two of the tournament, which I know it kicked off with the uh, first four games last night, and there'll be more tonight. And it was the, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh game was exciting last night. I was watching some of that. Um, but yeah, if it, it, the actual tournament really gets in full gear, first round, uh, and it reminds me when we were kids uh, going to school, where it was 12 p.m. All the way till after midnight, uh, every for the for the first two nights, uh, it's just nonstop college basketball. When you have the down to the sixty-four, uh, it's it's so exciting. You would ask your teacher or try to trick your teacher into putting the games on during the daytime. Uh, whether you had a test or you had schoolwork, you're like, please, can we have it in the background, even with the no sound on, if we behave ourselves. So, 12 p.m. high noon to, uh, on the Thursday tomorrow, it's going to kick off full blast, and I'm excited for it. And it's going to go all the way to the to the wee hours of the morning the next day. So, uh, Thursday and Friday, in my mind, are the two best days of the tournament because you have nonstop college basketball all day long. So, for anyone who's just a hardcore college basketball fan, into March Madness, so I'm very excited about it, and uh, hopefully. For all you kids out there, stay in school, get good grades, <laughs> but also trick your teachers into letting you watch the tournament because that's what everyone wants you to do. And that's what our founding fathers, uh, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, would probably do the same thing if they had a March Madness tournament back in their day. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, what I'm going to paint a picture so that you all that don't know me will know me after this. This is what I did in March. I went to school at Christian Brothers Academy, you know, in a very nice a private Catholic school, great education. And I was there in English class and I've been doing this forever, but let me, let me, let me back up a little bit. As, as a kid in elementary school, Our Lady of Pompeii, I want to shout out Barbara Jacks, Mrs. Jacks, my fifth grade teacher, because we'd be sitting there. It's March Madness, Syracuse making the tournament all the time. And she out of nowhere, she's like, oh, do this work, whatever. We're doing work. We're, we're at our desk. We're quiet. She wheels in the television and she says, if you're all good, I may turn on Syracuse to watch them in the NCAA tournament. I can't tell you how many times at Our Lady of Pompeii School that we watch Syracuse in the NCAA tournament. So I want to shout out all my incredible teachers for priorities. 
And then in high school, when I was in, I think it was 10th grade English. Yeah, I think it was 10th grade because 9th grade was Todd Benware. So I'm in 10th grade English. And and in 10th grade, here I am. Uh, we had a substitute teacher, thank goodness, because the regular teacher that we had for our English class ended up getting fired because he was a special human. But we had, you know, we had this, uh, we had our, our stand-in teacher here, and uh, it was one of the brothers that, that came in, a fantastic guy, a great person that gave to the church and all that. So, so here he comes in, he's sitting right in front of me. He's like two seats in front of me. I had my Walkman, which folks, by the way, if you like Star-Lord and you think Star-Lord's fantastic for his music choices and his Walkman, I would like to tell you that my music choices in Walkman came out before Peter Quill and Starla. The kids were going to college right now. What the heck a Walkman is? I had a Walkman. I still actually have a Walkman. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, I'll use it. And I actually was one of those people who make my own like kind of pathetic mixtapes, where you used to have to put a tape, you had it ready to go uh, in the little slot in your little boombox radio I had. And then when I'd listen to the radio, when I heard like a rocking jam, like Backstreet Boys and Sync or Britney Spears, I'm not afraid to mention all the the, the horrible music from the 90s, the boy bands. Uh, what was the other one? 98 Degrees, I Do Cherish You. When you heard a song you like, it clicked record, and then you would pause it until the next song you like. I have still have a lot of these mixtapes. I've given them to my wife so she could listen to the cheesy music that I play have for myself or to woo ladies unsu very unsuccessfully. It did not work out very well. But I was doing this all the way through high school, even until the early years of college at Marywood in Scranton. So I know what you're talking about, but a lot of the young kids have no idea what the heck a Walkman well, is. Let a lot me, of them don't even know what a CD player is. Let me do this because I have it on screen right now, folks. This is a Walkman. I have it with you right now. It, I, have, I had a yellow one. This is the upgraded chrome blue sports Walkman. Okay, it still it still has the the giant Zach Morris antenna, and watch this, folks. The batteries that are in this have been in this, for no joke. These batteries have been in this for about about I don't know seventeen years, and 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 this is proof that things that were made in the past were made to last. Things that are made now are made to break because because people want you to buy new things. Where in the past it was like Great Depression type of thoughts, world war type of thoughts of like, if we're going to make you something, we're going to make it to last. And that's why these batteries still work and this still works. And if I turn it on here, you can still hear that it is working on here. I can only play a second because Facebook and YouTube are weird about copyrights. But this, this right here, this Walkman, when I became Star-Lord this past Halloween and Lily became the wonderful Rocket Raccoon, I had the opportunity of bringing this out and i said i was like i got the i got everything down to the walkman i had it playing while we were walking with my uh, my niece and my nephew to get ourselves I, many nieces and nephews including lj and lorelei so i was out there halloween trick-or-treating with my niece and my nephew and i had the opportunity to bring this out it's not a prop i didn't buy it in some ridiculous costume store i've had this forever and it has this little thing where you can have, have it on your arm. It's got a little clip that I can put it on my belt. And this still works, folks. It works better than an iPhone, okay? And the batteries are better than an iPhone because iPhone batteries are built to die. 
so that you'll buy new iPhones. So, and that's the truth. And I don't care if I said it because Apple is a. Apple is. They just yeah. want to make you get the iPhone 300 or whatever number yeah. they're on right now. Every year there's a new iPhone. So, yeah, I totally agree. It might be prehistoric technology, the Walkman or the CD player, but that stuff actually works. I still even have my boombox. I used to be like one of those corny guys you'd see in the 90s with the boombox going to the beach, thinking I was cool. Well, that was uh, a little uh, little Rossi uh, doing that back in the streets of Brooklyn, New York, back in the uh, early to mid-90s. So I thought I was cool. I'm sure I looked horrible doing it. I had like the acid wash jeans. I had tie-dye shirts. I don't know what the hell my style was back then. But it was quite a scene. So it's not science fiction, The Walkman. When people watch that, the kids watch Gardens of Galaxy, they probably think it's just made up. That's what we were doing back in the day. And we made the best mixtapes ever. So if you ever want to woo your significant other, make them a mixtape. <laughs> Off a boombox, I suggest. Yeah, and I used to I used to make the mixtape, and Greg just brought it up. I'd make the mixtape, and you'd be, you'd be hearing this song, and you're like, oh, my God, this is going to go on my love mixtape. And, you know, it's, the, it's my final song that I'm going to send to this girl and right in in the last like 27 seconds of the song it's like hey this is bob and i just wanted to thank you for listening to this song by keith sweat and i'm like dude shut your mouth don't do that because then i had to then i had to go back to the beginning retape it all over again hope that no idiot talked over it this is this is billy bob and joe you know i mean it's like just don't don't do it you know don't and i don't i don't want that <clears throat> that voice hanging out over because that was the thing is you would you would make this tape and she's like how'd you get this tape and it sounds so clear and it's so good and how'd you mix it because this was before napster this is before you know editing equipment and software and all, software and all this stuff this is before everything so when a girl heard you have a clear tape of eight to ten songs she thought that you were the sweetest kindest man who was like magical i mean she thought you were from a different planet and the moment in like song number four or five when it would skip or it would or it would go to or you know it's it's like yeah yeah he might sound a lot hotter than you so he might have just stolen your girl from you so it definitely kills the mood well that's the thing is like it's like whitney houston is on there and as she's hitting that high note you, you hear we'll be right back on 45 da, 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 da. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like why 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 did you, and you forget that it was on there. And so that's the sad part. But I'm going to bring up the Walkman because it's very special to my 10th grade English story that has to do with March Madness. So when I was in 10th grade and we had our substitute teacher who was one of the brothers at the school and uh, awesome and uh, literally one of the best people in, in, the, in, the, in the church world of all time that I've ever met in the, on the planet. So here he is. I believe his brother. I think it was brother Kevin. And so, and so I know his face, I could pick out his face like nothing. So I'm sitting there. I have my Walkman on my hip. I have run my, and this is before really good ear pods. So this is when head, this is when the headphones, if you could get headphones that didn't go over your ears and you could get little tiny headphones that you could sneak in, you were considered to be from the future. So I ran these, I ran this up my dress shirt, put it in my ear was listening to it and I think it was the game where Butler went up and 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 made a layup toward the end of the game to win a game and so I'm sitting there quiet and and so a couple of people know that I have this but I didn't tell a lot of people cuz there's some snitches okay and we know what we know what snitches get 
So, yeah, snitches get stitches if you let them live. So that's that's my quote. So the snitches get stitches. I do the dot, dot, dot if you let them live. So here I am. A couple people knew. So they're like, yo, Dan, what's the score? And this one kid, I think it was Stan. He kept asking me. I was like, bro, shut up. Like, you can't ask me every three seconds. You got to ask me like once every whatever or send me a note or something like that. You can't be saying it out loud. So I'm sitting there listening to it. And out of nowhere, we're in English class, quiet study hall, brother Kevin hanging out, two seats in front of me, looking right at me. Butler hits the shot. And I was like, yeah. And then, and he was like, and out of nowhere, I just jumped up. Like, I, like I just randomly cheer for no reason. And he looked at me and I was like, oh crap, I have detention now. And he, he leaned into me. Coolest thing that one of the coolest moments ever in my life that's ever been done. He leans into me and I'm thinking I'm going to detention. He's, he, he looks at me and he goes, what's the score? And I was like, that. That is a that is that is a person who understands the madness of March. So with that being said, Ross and I are unveiling our brackets. Mine has come out of the lockbox. It's sitting here with me right now. We're going to start in the South region. Like I said, we're going to go by region of the number one overall seed. So we're going to go Alabama's South bracket. We're going to go to Houston in the Midwest. We're going to go to Kansas in the West, and then we're going to go to Purdue in the east so with that being said ross will unveil his i will unveil mine it'll happen in real time on screen and through audio you're live with us worldwide on youtube.com and facebook.com backslash wake up call dt you're live on wake up call dt.podbean.com for internet streaming radio it is now time to unveil the bracket my wonderful and like i said better half of this bracket Ross Turetsky will bring you his South region when you're ready, sir. We'll start at the top of this thing. So we'll start with Alabama versus 16 seed Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And we'll go all the way down to two Arizona versus Princeton. So bring me down that list of the round of 64, and then we'll work it forward. All right. So do you want me to just, do you want me to go all the way in that bracket to my final four of that bracket though? Yeah, so what, what we're going to do is I want you to go down the list. I want you to do 1, 16, 8, 9, 5, 12. We're going to go all the way down, and that'll be your 64. Then I'll say round to 32, sweet 16. So I'll prompt you, and we'll go from there. All right. Just want to make sure. I don't want to go cr- too crazy here. Plus, I have. Because yeah. normally I'll let Ross go, and then he'll be like, he'll be like, da 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 da, and my national champion. No. And then you have like five Okay. And then I have my little man, LJ, who's three years old. He's combustible, so he's right now hanging out in my daughter's little uh, frozen castle. So at any moment, he might pop out, and he might shout and scream. So just so you guys know, that's what we have. We have a combustible little toddler who at any moment could start screaming and ranting and raving, just like you'd be on the streets of New York on like the subway yeah. or something. You have no idea what's going to happen. Well, Same I would, thing with, uh, with LJ. I would rather see my nephew, LJ, as the Red Hulk than Harrison Ford, so... If he hulks out, I hope he doesn't. If he does, then, you know, I just, I think that there's a future for him in the MCU. Go ahead with your bracket, sir. All right. Well, the number one seed is Alabama, the Crimson Tide. Everyone knows him for college football with Dick Saban, all the national championships. Alabama, one of the best teams all year long. Uh, got the number one seed, was one of the top teams in the country. They do have a superstar player who has alleged legal issues. There was, you know, talk about a gun being handed over and, there was, there was a death involved. 
right now he's being cleared of criminal charges, so he is allowed to play. Even though there was a lot of controversy within the last week or two of should Alabama not let him play, stop it, uh, but then you risk the chance of maybe winning a national title with the Final Four, making tons of money for his school. Is it more important to win, or is something fishy could happen? He might have been a part of it. Should you hold out as a precaution, especially when someone's life was lost in that situation? It's a very tough situation because you don't quite know what he did or didn't do. Uh, but in the end, he's allowed to play, and Alabama is one of the best teams in the country. So number one seed, Alabama, they're easily going to beat the number 16 seed. Uh, it's going to be Texas A.M., uh, Corpus Christi, as we've talked about before. For the longest time, no 16 seed has ever been the number one seed. Uh, it's not going to happen here. But, of course, we finally got with Virginia Cavaliers. They got upset. Uh, and were you know blown away that that they got knocked out just a few years ago. That was five years ago. And then the very next year, they came back after that horrible disappointment and won the national championship right before the whole COVID pandemic. Just three years ago, imagine around this time, is when the tournament got shut down, where the conference tournaments got shut down. You were about to go with ACC covering Syracuse, and then the whole uh, March Madness bracket all got shut down three years ago, and there was a lot of teams like Penn State and Rutgers and a lot of teams that were going to break their March Madness routes to get the tournament. And they all kind of got screwed over, but yeah, I don't understand because it was a horrible health crisis going on. <laughs> but I digress. We're a little bit back to normal, and actually a lot back to normal because there's a lot of fans. We're all enjoying it as one, as you know, sort of the World Cup, the World Baseball Classic for baseball, World Cup for soccer, the Olympics. People are now uh, able to get, be together and be one and get to socialize, which is what a fellow human beings need. So I'm very excited about that. But yes, Alabama number one seed is going to destroy Texas and Corpus Christi. They're still on a hot streak. So as long as their star players are able to play, I don't see Alabama being able to be slowed down. Uh, so they easily win uh, that game. Uh, the eight versus nine matchup, not much of an upset, but I'm going to go with the nine seed, West Virginia. I just think West Virginia is a little bit better. And I think uh, Maryland, they're just a little too spotty for me. And I think West Virginia is going to be ready to play, and they're going to edge them out in a close uh, five-point game. West Virginia moves on to the second round. Uh, five versus 12 seed, those usually right for the biggest upsets in the tournament are usually, you always see a five seed go down to a 12 seed. So you're like, out of the four chances, where is it going to happen? It's going to happen multiple times. I don't think it's going to happen here. It could happen, but I don't think it will. I think five-seed San Diego State it prevails over 12-seed Charleston to move on to the second round. Uh, then I talked about Virginia earlier. They're the four-seed versus 13-seed Furman. Virginia has been upset by teams that were considered the lesser inferior teams. But I think here Virginia is, you know, they, they've, they've played well enough this year, and as long as they don't play down to their opponent's level and they don't take it for granted, and I would hope, that after what happened a few years ago, getting knocked off by 16th seed, they wouldn't. I think Virginia prevails pretty easily over Furman. They move on to the second round. Now one of my big Cinderella teams that I think sort of go quite a ways until that glass slipper shatters, I really like Creighton. I think Creighton has been on a heck of a run lately. A nice run in their conference tournament. I think 6th seeded Creighton, they're going to start their long journey, and they're going to knock off 11 seeded NC State. So I'm going with Creighton there. And then 3 seed Baylor, I have them knocking off 14 seed UCSB. So Baylor will prevail to go to the second round. I think they're just too much of a juggernaut. They're not going to be uh, slowed down there. And then I have the seven seed Missouri. I think this is going to be a little bit of an upset. I have the ten seed uh, Utah State knocking off Missouri. So I think that Utah State will prevail, knock off Missouri in a close game, and then it will be a tight March Madness game that they moved on in the second round. And then for the bottom of it, I have number two Arizona. I think they're going to knock off the Ivy League champ, fifteen seed of Princeton. Princeton usually plays pretty tough. Once in a while, they'll even win a game this tournament. It's very tough, though, when you're in such a low seed, you're a 15 seed, to knock off a two seed. It would be one of the big upsets of the tournament. I think they could scare Arizona, but I think in the end, Arizona will pull away at the end. But I think Princeton will give them a little bit of a scare, but Arizona's going to easily win that. 
to go to the second round. So then, uh, you, I guess you're going to preempt me now. Uh, we're, go, we're going to, to well, I, I'll just go to the next part. You know I like to talk, buddy. Uh, we're going to go <laughs> the second round, uh, Alabama versus West Virginia. I'm going to say Alabama is going to win that and win that pretty easily. Alabama's going to Sweet 16. Uh, then we have Virginia versus San Diego State. Virginia is going to continue on their nice roll uh, coming out of the ACC. I think uh, Virginia has just faced tougher opponents, and they're more battle-tested. They'll knock off San Diego State. So uh, Virginia going to the Sweet 16. I have Creighton, uh, who, again, I said they're going to go quite a ways, in my opinion. I think Creighton is just red hot right now. They're going to actually pull up another big upset at the BNC State in round one. They're going to knock off Baylor, and I think Creighton moves on to the Sweet 16. And then I have Arizona knocking off Utah State to go to the Sweet 16. I think they'll win that pretty bigly, as uh, former President Trump would say. Mm-hmm. And then we go we go back to the Sweet 16. Uh, up top, we're going to go with Alabama versus Virginia. I like Alabama here. I think Virginia, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I think this game could be a one-possession game going right down to the one of those buzzer beaters, classic games from this tournament that we've seen in past years. But I think Alabama will get a scare for Virginia. Virginia will give them everything they can handle and more. But I'm going with Alabama to knock off Virginia and go to the Elite Eight. And then I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, the Creighton Blue Jays. Creighton's knocking down uh, Arizona, the two seed. I think one of the top uh, teams in the – everyone thinks this morning can make a big run. I think Arizona's going to lose to Creighton. I, I really believe in Creighton. I love how they're playing. So the Creighton's going to knock off NC State. They're going to knock off Baylor. And then they're going to knock off Arizona to go to the, the Elite Eight. But I think Creighton's journey ends at the Elite Eight right before we get to the Final Four in Houston, Texas. I'm going with the top seed, Alabama, prevailing and going out of the South region bracket, the top seed of that bracket. Alabama knocks off Creighton, the Cinderella team that goes on this magical run. Alabama over Creighton. They pull away late in that game, win the Elite Eight matchup, and Alabama Crimson Tide are going to the Final Four in Houston, Texas come April 1st. And not an April Fool's joke either. So Alabama, Ross, has winning the self bracket there we go so that's that's ross's unveiling of the self it is now time for me to unveil my self bracket so i appreciate what ross had i have not seen ross's bracket he has not seen my bracket so with that being said we have the opportunity of unveiling to each other as you see them in real time so with that being said I'm going to jump into mine here. Number one, Alabama over number 16, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. I got that game right. I picked Texas A&M, Corpus Christi to be in this one. So with my bracket being unveiled, I am going to go right here with Alabama to do this. I want to see some thoughts that came in. I'm beyond ready for the bracket release. Let's get going, Dan. Uh, Adam, patience, man, patience. And then John said, stop, sure did. Love, love, lovely, uh, <laughs> love letter and mixtapes. We have we have priorities. You'll get your you'll get your picks, but you have to listen to our sad love stories and our love lives before that. You yeah. will listen to it and then you will enjoy the best. <laughs> I like I like you. You'll you'll listen and you'll like it. So that's, that's it. Comes with it. You take it and then enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You'll take it and then we'll tell you what you took after you took it. So Alabama, <laughs> that's 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 Coke's way and arson as well. It's kind of like the you have no idea or most hot dogs in the stadium you have no idea what the heck you're eating so just enjoy it put the blindfold on close your eyes and hope for the best that you're not in the bathroom the next 12 hours yeah you know that's what it is it's uh you know well i'm not going to say that i could say it but it's dirty alabama's playing number one hey, alabama texas a&m corpus christi alabama number one overall seed is going to move on in my bracket i'm also picking 
West Virginia of the two teams that I don't believe should get, be in the tournament. Either one of them. I don't see either one of these teams that uh, should be in this bracket at all because Maryland and West Virginia could not make a better case to me than some of the other schools that were left out like Vanderbilt, Clemson, Rutgers. I know Rutgers lost, but we're talking about before these games were played. Alabama, West Virginia will play up against each other. And then I have the College of Charleston taking down San Diego State. Yeah, the, the College of Charleston, 31 wins. And what were they told? You probably are not going to make the tournament unless you win your conference tournament. That's what they said to Charleston. Charleston has nothing to lose. San Diego State, they're a team in these 7-10 matchups, these 5-12 matchups. It's a danger zone. I do believe that they can win, and I'm not disrespecting the Mountain West, who has four teams in the tournament this year, three of them at-large teams, which shows that the committee likes the Mountain West. And I love seeing that they're going beyond the typical conferences to reach out to some of these other ones. Some questionable calls, but I'm picking the College of Charleston in this matchup because I think San Diego State is vulnerable, unlike one of the other teams in the conference we'll talk about in a minute. Virginia, I got them winning this game against Furman, but I'll tell you something, from being at the ACC championship game, Virginia, please understand something. You cannot go up against Furman and score a little bit of points to start off this game. Don't be getting 17 in the first half. Do not start out sluggish. You have the guys, you have the talent, you have the inside, you have the shooters, you have the guards. Do something. Be Virginia. You were not Virginia against Duke. They need to bounce back. If they're reeling from that and they still feel that loss, it could come back and bite them in the butt. The Virginia Cavaliers are moving on, but I'm very concerned about how they start this game against Furman. Creighton and NC State. NC State, in my opinion, has done some things to be in this tournament and other things not to be. The Creighton Blue Jays, who usually, usually put me in a situation where I'm like, dang it, Creighton. But we'll see if they do it this year. I got them winning their first game in the 6-11 matchup. And the Baylor Bears are going to take down UC Hanna-Barbera. Santa Barbara going down to the Baylor Bears. I got Baylor winning and uh, going off of something we said yesterday with my with my dude, Odyssey Jones of WWE NXT. He said he's the real cocaine bear. So I love that. Uh, Baylor's going to win this game and face off against Creighton. Next matchup, we have Missouri and Utah State. I am not a believer in Missouri this year. Let's go with Utah State to win this game. They're going to be representing the Mountain West instead of San Diego State in the round of 32. And Arizona will handle Princeton after... Come on, have the courage. <laughs> I won't do it, but you should do it. Yeah, so this is the thing. Princeton came back and beat Yale, and I give him credit for that. But I'm going to go with the Arizona Wildcats. I'm not a big believer in the Pac-12. They didn't get a lot of teams in the tournament this year. I'm not a massive believer in them, but we'll see how we go from here. Alabama and West Virginia. I'm going with Fly Slam Ajama Bama here because, like I said, I don't believe that Maryland or West Virginia should be in the tournament this year based on my analysis of looking at their season. Charleston and Virginia. I'm going with UVA. Charleston will win that game there, but UVA will face off against Alabama in the Sweet 16. And then we will have our next matchup here of Creighton and Baylor. This is a tough one for me, but I have learned my lesson. I shouldn't say I've learned my lesson, but the Creighton Blue Jays, just when you get into them in the Big East tournament, they lose. Just when you get into them in this tournament, I think they're going to lose. I'm going with the Baylor Bears in this matchup. This is reluctantly going with the Baylor Bears because I want Creighton to win this game, but I feel like I've picked Creighton in the past. 
and it's bit me in the butt. Utah State against Arizona. I'm going with Arizona to move on here. So as we have these matchups inside of the nation's Sweet 16, who's going to get to the Elite Eight? That's going to be Bama moving on to the Elite Eight, and I have Baylor beating Arizona to move on to the Elite Eight. So we both have Arizona losing to the winner of Creighton and Baylor. And so of Alabama and Baylor, who is going to be my final four team to come out of the South bracket? Well, I'm happy that you asked that question. Like I said, Ross and I have not looked at each other's brackets. And yet here we are. My winner of the South bracket is going to also be Alabama, the number one overall seed. Moving on here in the NCAA tournament. Fly slam a jam Bama, and we head off from there to the Midwest as Ross will be bringing his picks first in the Midwest bracket as we head over to the second overall number one seed and a team more than deserving of being a number one seed. I appreciate them. I respect them. And I thank Calvin Sampson for everything that he's done. He has 30 or more wins in three of the last five seasons at Houston. As you will see, I have a special coming up with the American Athletic Conference Commissioner, Mike Oresco, and I have my Q&A with Calvin Sampson and my Q&A with Penny Hardaway and the players. That's all coming up today, but not before we unveil the Midwest region. Go ahead, Ross. Yeah, Midwest region, I love the Houston Cougars. I think they're going to be the team to beat pretty much for the pretty much the whole tournament. They were the number one team in the country for a lot of the season. Uh, they got tripped up in their conference championship game, but I think the Houston Cougars, they're going to roll the 16th seed North Kentucky. Houston's going to easily win that to move on to round two. Uh, and then we have Iowa versus Auburn. Again, like an 8-9 match like Maryland-West Virginia in the South bracket. It's, it's close. It's hard to pick Iowa from the Big Ten, Auburn from the SEC. I'm going to go with Auburn, though. I'm going to give Auburn a slight advantage, the ninth seed uh, to knock off Iowa. They move on to round two. Uh, then we're looking for another 5 seed versus 12 seed. Can a 12 seed pull off an upset? Drake, and this is not my favorite Jewish rapper. Drake! <laughs> yeah, this isn't Drake or Drake's coffee cake from those Seinfeld episodes that we love. Uh, as much as everyone loves Drake and all his rap music. All about Give me all that drizzle. He's trying to get. <laughs> yeah, Drake, the 12 seed, can they pull it off? Not here. The five seed Miami Hurricanes are going to slap Drake back to reality, back to Degrassi, and Miami is going to knock off Drake very easily, very handily. Miami uh, moves on to round number two. Uh, the four seed uh, Indiana, I have an upset here. 13 right. seed Kent State knocks down Indiana from the Big Ten. Uh, they've been a powerhouse for years, Indiana, the Bobby Knight years, uh, all the championships, all the big runs they've had. Uh, and Indiana, though, they're probably better. Most people are going to have them moving on in this tournament. I think I'm looking for which which are some of the lower, which are considered the weaker teams to knock off a high seed. I'm going with Kent State here. I think Kent State is going to be playing hot, and they're going to play with the house's money and with nothing to lose, which that, which makes you dangerous. So just like Virginia, we mentioned against Furman in the other bracket, if you don't put away a, a, what they everyone would think a quote-unquote weaker team, you don't put them away early, you let them hang around for a while, that's dangerous because then they gain confidence, and then they can bite you in the butt because they can come back and get you. Just like those horror movies where it's alive, it's alive. When you think he's done, he gets back up with his axe and he comes to get you. And I think Kent State takes the axe out and knocks off Indiana. So Kent State moves on to round number two. Uh, and now we're going to go with Iowa State 
versus Pittsburgh, who won their matchup against Mississippi State in that thriller one-point game last night playing. I know it's the first four, but I call it the playing game. I love Pitt, but Pitt's had some injuries. If those injuries, if those players don't come back healthy, which they have to bounce back real quick to play Friday afternoon. And either way, I just think Pitt is going to make it close. They're going to make, if they ugly the game up, keep the game close, they have a chance. But I also don't like between the injuries and how much they struggled at times last night in their uh, playing game against Mississippi State. I'm going to Iowa State here. I think the Cyclones are going to knock off the Pitt Panthers, Panthers even though I love Pittsburgh teams, and my wife loves the Steelers. So Pittsburgh is one of those schools that I would like them to move on. But I don't. if I have to uh, be unbiased, which I have to be, I'm going with Iowa State to knock off Pitt, and I think Iowa State moves on to round number two. Uh, then we have Xavier versus Kennesaw State. I'm going with Xavier, the three seed, to uh, beat down the four seed, uh, 14 seed very easily. Xavier moves on to round two. We have a, a, a nice thing here. I work for Penn State's Brandon. Cover a lot of their games. They're uh, they're one of the satellite smaller schools of main campus Penn State and Happy Valley. So cover a lot of their college basketball games, now baseball and softball season. And it's very exciting. They would have gone in the tournament in 2020 most likely, but then, of course, COVID hit and there was no tournament. So finally they broke their March Madness drought. I think it's been since 2011, so 12 years. Just like my Jets, my J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Hopefully, we get the news that Aaron Rodgers is officially a Jet today when he comes on the Pat McAfee. Or else he's messing with him again because they just signed Alan Lazard. It's like, what What are you doing? It's like, Green Bay, can you wipe my butt? New York, can you feed me grapes? Green Bay, can you put a fan in my face? New York, can you bring me on a trip? Green Bay, can you buy me a ring? New York, can you buy me a necklace? Dude, make up your freaking mind, dude. <laughs> he's just, he's really, he's dragging this out. Maybe he'll announce it today when he has his solo spot on Pat McAfee's show. But he, I, like I, I'm it's going to be announced today at 2 p.m. Eastern time on General Hospital on ABC. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, it could very well with him. And he does all the state farm commercials. I don't care for his diva, arrogant attitude where he thinks he's better than everyone. The whole thing with the I'm immunized where he kind of kind of wink, wink, lied, lied about he got the COVID vaccine. Uh, and then he ended up having to sit out uh, when they still had the protocols. Luckily for him, they don't have the protocols anymore. Uh, and he cost his team a game, and Jordan Love had to step in. And finally, Jordan Love looks like he's going to be able to take the reins over Green Bay because Green Bay doesn't want him, and they don't want to have to pay him $60 million a year. He's going to be 40 on December 2nd, the same day as my little brother Henry. He'll be 30. He's 10 years younger than him. But <laughs> I don't care for his, uh, his diva mentality. It's annoying. It's frustrating. But as a long-suffering Jets fan, I'm willing to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm willing to deal with this garbage because I need the 12-year playoff drought to finally end and go, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> we haven't had a really good quarterback since Joe Namath left, which was almost 50 years ago when he won their only Super Bowl back in Super Bowl three. Joe Namath was he is so desperate to let Aaron Rodgers come to the Jets, he will even let his number 12 be unretired for the year or two he's willing to play for them, which is pathetic that he's willing to play. Like, he has to put up with my stinky Jets. I've yeah. had to put up with the Jets my whole life. Aaron Rodgers, basically, I'm doing you a favor. You're paying me all this money. I'm letting you. I'm going to get you all the players you asked for. He had a wish list. He wants Alda Beckham Jr. He wants Randall Cobb, his buddy from Green Bay. He wants Lazard, who they just got. The Jets would probably they would have had no interest in if uh, Rodgers didn't want to uh, dangle the carrot and I'm coming. So maybe he comes today. Who knows? But I digress. I'm a frustrated Jet fan, as you can see. But when I they'll unretire the jersey, and then he'll leave again, and they'll have to retire it again. Aaron, and I tell everybody, if you want to know about Aaron Rodgers and what happened in that cabin, 
It is available to you, I believe, on Paramount Plus. He paid all this money to go into a retreat of darkness for like four days. Think about about it. Think about it. They allegedly the person that owns the cabin said he's in a darkness retreat, but at any time he can flip the switch to turn the light on. So they had power there. So he's on a darkness retreat where he could turn the light on and and maybe nobody would know. And they said outside of people delivering him food. So if you have Grubhub and you have electricity, you're not on a darkness retreat. By the way, if you would like a live look into the life of Aaron Rodgers on the darkness retreat, you can see on Paramount Plus, I believe it is, or still in theaters, M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. (laughs) Hey, it very well might be like that. Basically, all I think he did is I think he flipped the switch and turned the lights off or didn't pay his his electrical bill. So I think he calls up UGI right now. Uh, I think they would turn the, the electricity on. I think all you have to do is flip the switch and all that. So I don't care for a 40-year-old man going like, through a midlife crisis who I think really would rather just be the host of Jeopardy or be a State Farm ag- uh, advertiser pitch man than playing the NFL anymore. Yeah. And he's doing us a favor. I don't care how you brag that to, in order to get the answer to retire, <clears throat> stay a Packer, go to the Jets, he needed to go through a four-day darkness retreat. I think it's pathetic. <clears throat> but I digress. Either way, what I saw was it was Penn State. It's been 12 years since they've been to the tournament in March Madness. Would have ended in 2020, but we all know the pandemic shut that down. Penn State, the 10 seed's got to knock off the Aggies of Texas A&M. 10 seed Penn State, <clears throat> they've been good all year. <clears throat> they won over 20 games. They made a big run in the Big Ten tournament, went all the way to the Big Ten championship game, gave Purdue the number one seed in the East region a run for their money, only lost by two points. And uh, I think it went all the way to overtime. Penn State went on a heck of a run. They deserve to be in this tournament. And I think Penn State's not going to go out early. I think Penn State's going to give Texas A&M all they can handle. Penn State's going to edge them out. And uh, they return to the dance after a dozen years. They're going to win their first game in the tournament. Penn State knocks off Texas A&M in a close one. They move on to round two. And then lastly... That another Texas team, that Texas Longhorns, the two seed, they're going to knock off 15 seed Colgate, which I know you know a lot about their school and their coach you've talked to. It's not the Colgate uh, toothpaste. Everyone might make that joke. Colgate, good school, but I think Texas uh, Longhorns can be too much for them to handle. Texas moves on to round number two. Now we go to uh, up to the top of that bracket for round two. We're going to have Houston Cougars. They're going to knock off Auburn. Uh, I think they win pretty easily over Auburn. Houston, as I said, they're going to be a juggernaut. They're going to be hard to knock out in this tournament. So Houston moves on to Sweet 16. The Miami Hurricanes, after knocking off uh, DeGrassi's Jake, uh, Drake in the first round, Miami's going to knock off Cinderella Kent State, who knocked off Indiana. So I think Miami knocks off Kent State to go to the Sweet 16 uh, for the Hurricanes. And then we go to Xavier. I like them going on a nice run in this tournament. Xavier's going to knock off the Iowa State Cyclones. Xavier goes to the Sweet 16. I think my uh, magical run is Penn State. I know I would love for them to win the whole thing. I'll be rooting for Penn State. Uh, I've always loved, loved them and loved the football team. And then, of course, love to uh, cover the stuff for Penn State Scranton, the, the, all the sports I get to cover. and writing the articles on the website. It's a great uh, great school. Uh, but Penn State, I think their uh, journey ends against another Texas school after they beat Texas A&M. I think Texas Longhorns will be too much for them to handle. Texas knocks off Penn State to go to the Sweet 16. Now we go back up to the top of that bracket in Sweet 16. I think the Houston Cougars knock off the Miami Hurricanes. I think that will be a tough battle, but I think Houston will be too much. And uh, Houston will move on to Elite Eight. And then Xavier continues their Cinderella running. Though they're three seats. It's not really a Cinderella run. But Xavier's going to pull off a big upset and knock off two-seated Texas. And Xavier's going to go to the Elite Eight, which I don't think a lot of people have. And I have Creighton going deep in the south, going to Elite Eight. I have Xavier going to Elite Eight in the Midwest. 
But in the Elite Eight, I think Xavier's going to give Houston a really tough battle. It's going to be closer than you would think, but I think in the end, Houston gets a scare. But Houston, we have a problem. They prevail in the end. Houston knocks off uh, Xavier to go to the Final Four, and they basically get to host the Final Four because the, the Final Four this year will be in Houston, Texas on April 1st and April 3rd. Uh, not, no April Fools there, and I think Houston... The best team in the, in uh, in college basketball for basically the whole season. I think they're going to the Final Four out of the Midwest, knocking off Xavier. And uh, so far, I got Alabama Crimson Tide, a one seed, and Houston, a one seed, going to the Final Four. But I promise you guys, it's not going to go chalk. I'm not going to take the easy way out. We had it a little while back where there finally was all four Final Four teams for number one seeds. It's very rare. I have two number one seeds going, but I can promise you, I vow to you, it's not going to be that way the rest of the tour in the other brackets. But right now I have Alabama out of the South and Houston out of the Midwest going to the Final Four. And unlike Aaron Rodgers and some of my ex-girlfriends, Ross keeps his promises. We're going on to the next one here. My bracket here in the Midwest will go here with my bracket. And so Ross has Houston going to the Final Four. And that's obviously a Marcus Sasser. We're hoping that he's okay, his groin injury, and that he comes back and he is able to be out there for this team is very important. The Houston Cougars against Northern Kentucky. I have Houston moving on, a team I'm very proud of, a team that I appreciate inside of the American Athletic, not the Big 12, the American Athletic. I'll say it again, the American Athletic. Houston Cougars have done a fantastic job over the last many years with Kelvin Sampson. American Athletic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, the American Athletic is is the place to go and you know and then seeing Michael Keaton hey, you know, so a little bit of Beetlejuice Houston winning this game. I would love when the Flash movie finally comes out in 2037 that we're going to see him run through time and he not only meets Michael Keaton's Batman but he might meets Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice. That's what I want. So Houston's going to win this one over Northern Kentucky. The Houston Cougars getting credit, getting respect this season. And I wonder, is it giving respect finally to the American of the couple schools they give respect to? Or is this the media and the coaches already thinking this is a Big 12 school, so let's make them number one. So when they go to the Big 12, we could say, oh, they were number one. They were number one seed, blah, 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 blah. Well, they did it as the American. And for whatever reason, that you've given them respect. The reason that you should is because they play in a good conference and they have been a fantastic team this year. 31-3, and three, I believe, going into the tournament. Houston Cougars making it happen, doing some awesome things. They're going to move on. Iowa and Auburn. Well, folks, you know that the Big Ten had, what, about 47 schools in the bracket last year? They don't have as many schools as that in it. They have 14 schools in the Big Ten. It doesn't make mathematical sense. And it also doesn't make mathematical sense. The amount of teams that they've let into the tournament the last two years. If you have 11 to 13 losses, that's considered good. If you are the Big Ten and you are a team with 11 to 13 losses, you have a really good chance of making the tournament. And for some odd reason, if you're in the ACC with a season like that, you're not even considered. Iowa will fall to Auburn. I do not believe that the Big Ten is going to be doing much this year of making some hay here. They didn't do it last year, and I don't think they're going to do it this year. Maybe the committee should stop looking at who they like in the preseason and start looking at what actually happened in physical games that were played and stop punishing the ACC because North Carolina was picked as a preseason number one overall and you guys were wrong. Miami's good. They were the runner-up, almost won the national title last year, so they blew their big lead in the second half to Kansas Jayhawks. 
And they're like, NIT invitation, thanks, but no thanks, because they were the number one team in order of the season and didn't get into the uh, the March Madness dance, and then they refused to answer the NIT invitation. So I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, certain schools will do that. It's almost like they put their noses and they scoff at the NIT invitation like that's beneath them. Yeah, so I mean, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens. We're gonna see what what goes down here. But uh, yeah, North Carolina. It almost feels like you know because North Carolina made a lot of people wrong. They punished the ACC. It was stupid. You were wrong about it. But there's teams in the ACC that are darn good, like one of those being Miami over Drake. So, and if you don't know what I mean by that, you got to go back and watch the video when Soldier Boy had a little issue with Drake. So that's that's my and that's how he said it. Miami over Drake. I thought maybe it was a sign yesterday. I went by I was I was on no two days ago. I was on the road and I went by Drake's Landing. And when I went by that road, I looked right at the street and I went, is that a sign? And I said, no, I got to pick Miami. Jim Laranaga. I like what he's doing over there. They don't give him the respect that he deserves. And he has had a fantastic season with the Miami Hurricanes. And I've had the opportunity to talk with him and the team. Sounds of the tournament. You're going to hear those coming up here very soon as I want to kind of share those in a little rewind this week. So Iowa State going up against Pittsburgh, who I picked to defeat Mississippi State. And I'm picking Pittsburgh to jump over this line and get the, oh, pardon me. I skipped one here uh, before I go there. So I did Miami versus Drake and Miami winning. I skipped the Indiana-Kent State. My bad on that. So Indiana, I'm picking to win this game. This is one of the teams in the Big Ten that I do believe is going to move forward. Kent State, you know, they can make it interesting. This game is going to be played in Albany. So you guys can go see some really awesome pods here. Albany is going to get Miami, Miami against Drake, Indiana against Kent State. They're also going to get St. Mary's VCU and UConn Iona that we're going to talk about in a minute. Iowa State up against Pittsburgh. I'm going with Pitt in this game to continue that run from the first four and get at least one more victory in this tournament over Iowa State, who I didn't see a lot from when I did my analysis of them. Xavier is going to win their matchup in the 314. I got Xavier defeating Kennesaw State and moving on here. Xavier having themselves a nice season, played in the championship game inside of the Big East Tournament in Madison Square Garden, the mecca of basketball. And Texas A&M up against Penn State. This is a tough Penn game from <laughs> This is a tough game. This is a tough game for me. It's a tough matchup to pick, but I think that we're going to see in the round of 32 Texas A&M versus Texas. So I have te- <laughs> So I have Texas A&M going up in there went over Penn State. Texas over Colgate. But folks, please do not count out the Colgate Raiders. Matt Langle started the week with me on the heels of finding out where they're going to be. He joined the show live on video, and and I had the opportunity to speak with him. Very excited about what's to come here with this Colgate team. I think if they get out to an early start, they hit their threes like they do, and they get out and they they can get 30 points before the end of the first half. I think this could be a danger zone for Texas. So I'm not wholeheartedly thinking that Texas is – going to get out of this one easily. I think Colgate will give them some fire and Colgate is coming into the tournament as the top team in the country in three point percentage with 40.7%. But do not forget about their big men, their veteran status, and the fact that over these last few years, heading to the tournament in four of the last five years, thanks to winning the Patriot League tournament, the Colgate Raiders have shown us that they can push a lot of teams from a lot of different places, including the SEC and the Big Ten. 
Excel, and those are well-respected conferences by the NCAA Selection Committee. So I have Texas versus Texas A&M, but I do believe that, and that's also going to happen in the SEC very soon, but I do believe that Colgate can give them some, some, uh, somewhat of a fight here. Houston versus Indiana, I have the Houston Cougars moving on against Indiana to make it to the nation's Sweet 16. And in the next matchup, I have the, so I have a Houston defeating the, I have Houston uh, moving on here to win this game. And I, uh, and from there I have Indiana, like I said, defeating Miami. So Indiana is going to move on here to face off against Houston. So I jumped the gun there for a second. So I have Houston facing off against Indiana and then Pitt Xavier. I have Xavier moving on here. An old Big East team versus a new Big East team in Pitt and Xavier. And then Texas A&M in Texas. I have Texas moving on in that game. And so that is our Sweet 16 coming from the Midwest. And then Houston taking down Indiana in the Midwest. And Xavier, who I want to pick here, losing to Texas in this matchup as the one and two. The battle for Texas continues as Houston and Texas get to decide which team from Texas is going to be going to the final four in Texas, which is pretty ironic. And my champion of who's going to make it between Houston and Texas, I have the Houston Cougars as my winner here, moving on in the Midwest bracket to have more life here and continue their run. They have had fantastic runs over these last few seasons, as I made mention of, and I think that they have flirted with getting one step closer, and this year I believe they do, and Houston makes it to the Final Four, and that will be my bracket for the Midwest. So with that being said, Ross and I are going to take a quick step aside for a fast break. We will come back with the West and the East as we have an opportunity to let you know where we see the bracket going that has Kansas as the third overall one seed in the West and the fourth overall one seed, Purdue. Which one of them or are both of them in a danger zone? We'll tell you after this fast break on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or iced milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Caffey Cabal offers same-day local delivery of our products, offering no delivery charge for Onondaga County. Shop CaffeyCabal.com for fresh roasted coffee beans, cold brew, travel mugs, and all your essential Caffey Cabal needs. Caffey Cabal, coffee for the soul. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. 
It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Kefi Cabal offers same-day local delivery of our products, offering no delivery charge for Onondaga County. Shop KefiCabal.com for...